Okay, moving on to discuss the Anglo-Irish Treaty of 1921. And this is what kind of arose as a result of the War of Independence that took place over the two previous years. And okay, so from the outside looking in to this kind of pivotal moment in Irish history, what we need to know is the background information on the negotiations of the treaty, specifically what the Irish wanted, who represented the Irish, what did the British want, who represented them. Secondly, we need to be clear on our understanding of the terms of the treaty, so what did both sides agree on. We need to be able to discuss how the treaty caused a split in the Dáil, and then we can look at the main arguments for the pro-treaty side of the Dáil, and the main arguments for the anti-treaty side. Getting straight into the Anglo-Irish treaty negotiations. Um, so after the truce was agreed between Britain and Ireland, when Eamon de Valera and Lloyd George signed a truce at the end of the War of Independence in 1921, negotiations began in London. So initially Sinn Féin selected a delegation to represent Ireland in the negotiations. So this Irish delegation included the likes of Arthur Griffith, Michael Collins, Robert Barton, Eamon Duggan, George Duffy. And Eamon de Valera himself did not want to go as he just wanted information to be brought back to him before any decisions were officially made. Kind of bide his time to think about the decision. And he also wanted to be in Ireland to deal with any groups like the IRA if needs be. Um, the British delegation included the likes of Lloyd George, Winston Churchill, Oster Chamberlain and Lord Birkenhead. And when we compare these to the delegation sent over by Sinn Féin, the British delegation were really experienced politicians and had just negotiated the Treaty of Versailles at the end of World War I. The Irish Republic, or the Irish delegation, wanted a republic that was completely independent of Britain. They wanted no border or partition between the north and south of the country, while the British wanted to keep Ireland within the British Empire and protect the Ulster Unionists. So the negotiations lasted about two months that stretched from October to December 1921, and it really just became obvious to the Irish delegation that a compromise was going to be necessary to make a deal happen with the British. The Irish delegation were in regular contact with de Valera back home in Ireland, but they were really pressured by Lloyd George to make a deal happen there and then while they were negotiating the treaty in England. Um, like Lloyd George really pressured the Irish delegations with the threat of war if they refused to accept his terms of the treaty. And then while the negotiations were taking place in Britain, de Valera actually met with Lloyd George about four times between signing the truce at the end of the War of Independence and while the treaty negotiations took place. Um, George's and de Valera's discussions kind of covered most of what would eventually become the terms of the Anglo-Irish Treaty. And it was because of this, Collins and Griffith actually felt that de Valera had set them up, knowing that they would have to come home with an unpopular compromise that a lot of people in Ireland would not be happy about. They believed that Ireland could not continue fighting with the threat of war from Lloyd George. They had to accept the deal and the terms that the British delegation had put forward for the Anglo-Irish Treaty of 1921. Okay, 
swiftly moving on to discuss the terms of the Anglo-Irish Treaty, which was decided on the 6th of December 1921. So firstly, Ireland would not be a republic, but a dominion of the British Empire. So a dominion is basically um, a self-governing country within the British Empire. So Ireland would have its own parliament in Dublin, but the British king would still be the head of state. Ireland would be now known as the Irish Free State, but a governor general would be the king's representative in the Irish Free State moving forward. Um, all TDs would have to take an oath of allegiance to the British crown. I'm going to highlight to us or to you as that's a really important term of the treaty to understand and how that kind of led or how that was a deal breaker for the Irish people, for the IRA moving forward. Um, also on the treaty, Britain would keep the three naval ports of Cove, Berhaven and Loch Swilly. Northern Ireland would continue to stay in Britain. It would have its own parliament in Northern Ireland, which was decided by the Government of Ireland Act 1920, which we've previously discussed. So that was the British looking after the Ulster Unionists. And then finally, a boundary commission would be set up to decide a border between the north and south of Ireland. The terms of the Anglo-Irish Treaty caused huge debate in the Dáil in Ireland. So initially, public opinion on the Anglo-Irish Treaty was divided. Many were happy with the agreement as it just brought forward an immediate end to fighting, but others seen the agreement as a sellout. The Dáil debated the treaty from December 1921 to January 1922, eventually splitting into pro- and anti-treaty sides. So, the pro-treaty side. So, it included the likes of Arthur Griffith, Michael Collins, W.T. Cosgrove, and their main arguments were that they could not fund a war against Britain any longer. They also argued that the treaty could be built upon over time, and it was... It could be seen as a stepping stone to Ireland gaining its full independence. They also kind of argued that the treaty was an improvement on home rule. So we were always we were moving forward with the Anglo-Irish Treaty. And they also argued that the treaty guaranteed immediate peace with Britain. And that was really big at the time because the effects of war were really felt by Irish people at the time. So the anti-treaty side included the likes of Eamon de Valera, Cahill Brewer, Austin Stack. They argued that they had not achieved the republic that they had fought for. And more importantly, that people had died for. They really thought that the Irish delegation should have achieved better terms. And a big sticking point for them was the Irish TD should not have to swear an oath of allegiance to the Crown. And then finally, the last argument was that the treaty still left Ireland partitioned. So the treaty debate in the Dáil ended on the 7th of January 1922, with a vote resulting in the Anglo-Irish Treaty being accepted by 64 votes to 57. So really, really, really close vote in the doll and you can really see the divide and the split that that's caused now as a result of this vote de Valera resigned as president of the doll and left along with his supporters such as Carl Brewer Austin Stack and after this Griffith was elected president of the doll in de Valera's place and a provisional government was set up to kind of get the ball or get the wheels rolling and in order to make sure the Anglo-Irish Treaty was established in Ireland. And finally, just 
two two or three hot takes from the chapter just making sure we can understand the sequence of events that took place so being really specific understanding the background information of the negotiation the terms of the treaty um really understanding the consequences of the Anglo-Irish Treaty. So how that caused a split in the doll, and then obviously how that kind of went on to cause further debate and further fighting in Ireland. Um, a question that may come up around this topic would be to ask you to discuss what happened as a result of the doll voting 64 to 57 in favour of the treaty. So really, really focusing in on the consequences of the Irish Anglo Treaty of 1921. I'll leave it there folks under 10 minutes. I'm delighted with that one so I'll speak soon. Talk to you later.